Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas-based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. Not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code podcast at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine men's wear, i.e. suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you look, looking like a sharp-dressed man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. All coaches have their go-to drink for waking up and getting their energy boosted. For me, that's coffee. I prefer black coffee, so that means buying high-quality beans so that I can grind and brew them at home and enjoy my cups of happiness. Viking Coffee is my go-to company for a monthly subscription of great variety of beans that produce excellent cups time after time. Podcast listeners, use the code COFFEEWITHNOONAN, all one word, for a 10% discount off. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. On today's episode, I'm joined by Coach Tom Blazer. Coach Blazer spent time coaching at Cypress High School, his alma mater. He was a freshman O-line special teams coordinator in 2009. From 2010 to 2019, he was the varsity offensive line tight ends run game coordinator as well as two seasons of the varsity special teams coordinator in that span. He also has an additional four seasons as the JV offensive coordinator, special teams coordinator. Coach Blazer coached O-line in the 2010 North-South Orange County All-Star Game. And then in 2019, he helped co-found 5 as 1 offensive line training with his friend Kyle Murphy, who is Warhogs56 on Twitter. Give him a follow. In his spare time, Coach Blazer enjoys grilling, cigars, shooting, archery, reading up on sports performance, as well as trying to learn as much as possible from everyone to become the best offensive line trainer he can be. Coach Blazer is a great mind and always seeking to engage and grow in his knowledge. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter and reach out to him to learn more about 5S1 offensive line training. Enjoy today's episode. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast, I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, one half of five is one offensive line uh, training, Mr. T.A. Blazer, Mr. Tom Blazer. What's up, man? How are you? Not bad, man. Just chilling, trying to stay cool. How about you? <laughs> same, same, man. It's Although today in Texas, it was a little weird. Uh, we've been hoping for some rain, and I've got some outside projects that I would rather have some rain first before i have to use my uh my water hose and spike my water bill but uh actually i'm I'm gonna be out in oklahoma uh on thursday for about a week visiting some friends for the fourth and they got i just they got sent a picture they got about four inches of rain in about three hours last night so wow. I was like, Shit. And out there that's it turns right into that mud so oh yeah that's flown well but at least uh at least it'll it won't be dead dry if you light fireworks or whatever you know for sure for sure so talk to us man about what what is five is one and you know how did that kind of come about and and what is the goal of it um kind of started well so it's uh i guess let me kind of preface kind of how like me and kyle uh kyle murphy the partner uh warhawks 56 on twitter sure you met him um we had kind of gotten together over Twitter. We'd gotten together over Twitter because he teaches at a school down the street from us that's in 
or was in my league at the at the old school I used to teach at at the time. So um, he hit me up because uh, I was on Hog Football Chat one night, and he was like, "Oh, you coach at Cypress?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah." I was already teach at Pacific. I used to coach, and I was like, "Oh, cool, awesome." And uh, I had kind of started uh, dabbling into like OLP stuff, drive catch because. I'm a big Bears fan, and so I was following Kyle Long, and he was working with them at the time. So I was seeing kind of the, the content that he was posting, and they were posting, and and uh, we started talking about OLP stuff. And he goes, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm a big follower of them. You know, I really like their stuff too. I've been, you know, work training a couple, you know, a couple guys at Edison High School, which is a local high school around us. And uh, I was like, shit, like I'm trying to learn more about this. Like, you think you could come out like one day and just shoot the shit after a summer practice?" And, uh, and kind of show me what it's all about and stuff. And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So he came out one day and like, he spent like four hours together just kind of going over like the basics of, of OLP and drive catch and kind of what he knew and stuff at the time. And then, uh, kind of just built our relationship from there. Uh, he ended up coming out that next year, next season throughout the summer was helping me kind of implement it as a, as a, as a unit, as an offensive line unit. Um, and then the year after that, uh, I, I ended up stepping down from the position, just had career opportunities to work and stuff like that. And then, uh, he was training, you know, a couple guys, I think the kid from medicine who just graduated this last season. And then, uh, another young man who, uh, is at a community, local community college right now as a freshman there. Um, and he was like, Hey, if you're not doing anything. You know, I'd like to have, you know, a second set of eyes out there kind of helping me out if you want. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm going to do anything. I'll, I'll come out there and see what it's all about, you know, and kind of had fun and kind of gelled together and, you know, had similar philosophies on coaching styles and stuff like that, but different, uh, different enough viewpoints and kind of how we see things to where we could bounce ideas off each other and kind of see different things while looking at the same person doing the same thing, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. Because he's probably... Let's see, I'm 32, just turned 32, and he's, I want to say he's mid-40s. So, I mean, there's a decent age difference in between us. So he's got experience as far as, you know, from college and stuff like that, you know, where I've got my experience, which is limited. I just played in high school, and uh, but we see things differently. So we, I, I started kind of coming more and more to those couple sessions, and then he was just kind of talking about it, and he's like, hey, like, what do you think about kind of us like working together and kind of starting our own thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Just on the weekends, you know, make a couple bucks, fill that coaching niche. Right. And, and, uh, and I was like, yeah, sure. So we started doing it. Just had a couple guys here and there. And then we kind of started getting, you know, a couple more ended up, you know, four or five guys. And, uh, and we had, we had said, Hey, like, do we want to make this like a legitimate, like LLC slash business? And I was like, I'm down. Like, why not? It's just on the weekend stuff. Like it's not eating in any of my time. It's all just extra, extra stuff. And, uh, so we had, he had the name in mind five is one. And I was like, okay, sounds good. He had the logo made one of his buddies made the logo. We kind of had it on the shelf, right? I, I made the Twitter account and we had it kind of on the shelf for about, I don't know, I want to say close to a year. And then, uh, we had really started getting, you know, more and more guys at that time. And we were kind of like, okay, well let's, just randomly won uh, one hog football chat night on Monday night. And I was like, Hey, do you want to just go live with this and just like throw it out there and see what happens? And he was like, yeah, sure. So we threw it out there and the response was super awesome. And everybody was really supportive. And from then on, it's just kind of, we've kind of been building and building. And now we've got a facility we work out of that we uh, nice enough to rent time on the weekends and make use of, you know, power racks and, and strength and sleds and basically everything you know, turf, you know, just getting to be inside and just being consistent with it. So we just kind of built up from there. I think we've got just, uh, I think 25 guys right now and just did the, the summer summit this last weekend on Saturday and Sunday, which, which went, went really well for, you know, just kind of throwing it together over about a two month period. And, and, uh, yeah, that's it. Just keep, keep trying to build up and build out, you know, eventually like to try and just do this as a career, which would be great. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a really cool deal. I love the way that that came together. Um, you know, you, you kind of have that model kind of at the, at 
I guess you could say the professional level with, with what Duke Manny weather's doing and the O-line summit, you know, with those guys and, you know, just who wouldn't want to be a fly on the wall during those conversations. Oh, for um, sure. You know, but I think at the high school level with, with that little summit that you guys just had uh, some of the stuff that run the power does. And then obviously with the, the Monday night hog football chat, I think those are all things that, that help coaches in general, but, but, you know, specifically your lower level high school and, and junior high coaches, um, you know, because I think there is, there is that need, you know, because coaching offensive line is a very technical and unique deal that I think people think they realize, but they have no idea about until they're actually in, in the mix with it. And they're trying yeah. to understand how to actually coach five different guys at once with potentially five different personalities and maybe a couple of them have extra personalities as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got, like you said, it's five different people, five different body types, five different play styles, five different mindsets, five different learning styles. Right. And pretend, and if you add in a tight end, right. So that's six guys now, sometimes um, depending on what kind of scheme you run and such, you know, and you have to get them to agree upon something and then trust each other in a short amount of time. And then now get to the, where they can know each other well enough to where they can almost kind of read each other's thoughts at times, you know, and, and kind of understand what, what the person next to them likes to do in certain situations. And that's obviously getting into you know higher level stuff. Obviously you have to spend years together to do that. And it doesn't happen a whole lot at the high school level. You know, if you're lucky, you may have, you know, the same guys for back to back years, same five guys. And at that point, you know, I mean, it's, it's almost easy coaching in that second year just because, they basically coach themselves at that point, you know, and that's, so you imagine those guys in the NFL that play five, six years together, you know, the, the amount of just probably, you think they all have, you know, ESPN or something, you know, they all, all read each other's thoughts. Um, yeah. yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, it's wild. There's a lot, a lot that goes into it. I think psychologically it's one of the biggest things that people don't kind of think about as far as decision-making processes and, the amount of sheer chaos that's going on around you and and how many decisions they have to make and, and or not make right within getting to the line of scrimmage and then a the couple seconds they have until the play starts right um so it's 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 it's, it's a pretty in-depth it's not just you know like michael Irvin on on espn shuffling around and oh just pass it it's, how hard is it you know it's like yeah yeah okay. in, I mean, there's Obviously, you know, there's technical levels to every position. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm sure that you can make – I know that you can make anything harder than it needs to be, which I think sometimes tends to be the case in football coaching in general is we're, we're going we're gonna to make things difficult just to prove a point when in reality yeah. it's, it probably just needs to be the simplest answer. Let's go on about it and move on, you know. Yeah we're just not sit here, chase ghosts. And because we know at the end of the day, these are the kids that we have. They're not changing. We're not crapping out new ones in two hours. Yeah. Uh, let's go. Like we, we got to install and teach it. And I think that's, that's one of the things, you know, in the conversations that I've had with, with the offensive line coaches I've been around during my career is the best ones are the ones that understand the needs of the unit what the offense is wanting to accomplish and then how they're going to approach that installation and that teaching deal. Um, you know, cause e even if you return the same, you know, the, let's say like in our case, we're returning several guys that were either a starter or two for a game or they had game experience. Uh, mm -hmm. but we're also going to be moving up, a few that were only JV uh, because there were several seniors ahead of them. Mm -hmm. So even if you're lucky to return, uh, let's say three, three out of five, which is a good chunk. Yeah. Who's Shoot, behind, you know, right. Who's behind them also can dictate what's going to go on based on the style. Like, you know, you got a short quarterback that has a quick release um, 
but he's not super mobile. And you've got a running back that has potential to house it if he gets the ball in his hands. So, you know, if you're looking at that, you're going to approach each game differently versus, you know, if you had your, your taller gunslinger type and you had the receivers to attack however you wanted, be a little bit different. So, mm-hmm. you know, for you as, as an offensive line coach, what is it that you're looking at year to year in terms of regardless of what scheme we're running, these are the fundamental things that we've got to have day in, day out, and be able to execute them at a very efficient and high level. You know, it doesn't matter if it's high school or pro, like this is the stuff that we just got to be able to do. So, so what are those, if you could narrow it down, what are those traits or those things that you would want your, those guys to be able to do consistently and do them consistently well? I think for us, I think for me anyways, for us, um, one of my biggest things that I re- really prioritize is, is being kind of flexible within the scheme as far as that goes. Like if we can, if we can simplify the schemes enough to where we can kind of have, you know, maybe two or three blocking schemes and just kind of window dress a couple little things, but those guys are able to know that entire scheme in and out. Right. And now you have the ability to, for them to potentially switch assignments at times. Right. I, th- I think that's a huge, huge thing that comes with experience a lot as well. Um, but I think that allows you to basically take, whatever's in front of you sort it out right on the fly almost and then have that big picture still come together um that's a huge thing for me i think whether you can take the physical traits and and who they are as individuals and then kind of put them in in positions to succeed as well and know what they what they are and aren't capable of physically but if we can mentally understand and 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 make those decisions and and understand how the person next to us is going to fit off that decision, then I think that allows you to be dangerous up front because it doesn't really matter at that point what the defense is going to do because you understand that, hey, they need to, they need to end up gap sound at some point, right? It doesn't matter if they're all lined up in a big circle or, you know, if they're, you know, land on their backs or whatever they all have to end up in, in a gap right otherwise they're not going to be sound you can live and die by that double-edged sword of not being sound obviously but i don't know i don't know many defenses that like to do that on the regular um so as long as we can keep that in mind then if we're running you know counter or whatever or or power or whatever it may be your zone or whatever it may be then we can understand that okay if this defensive end on this play side shuts down on me or, or, you know, my double team turns into two solo blocks or this linebacker goes away that I'm supposed to pull up and lead up onto. And he takes off in the other direction. Well, I don't need to chase him, right? He's taking himself out of the play. I can stay on my path and find who's ever coming next. Or, or we can, um, we can do a, a good job of maybe having the center, uh, pull this play instead of the guard and the tackle, right? The center and the tackle are pulling based off of what we've seen on this backside A-gap situation, right? To where we're trying to not get penetration. But we understand that the center now understands he's the guard, right? He pulls and kicks out. Um, or with that guy shutting down, he's got to log in and then the top will go around, blah, blah, blah. But that kind of stuff, I think, allows the flexibility within the scheme and then you still end up in that big picture, like you said. And then those relationships and then they start to build confidence in that. And then they can, they can take on more and more to where it really doesn't matter. Like I know my rule. I don't care, you know, again, what you're doing on defense. I'm, I know my situation and I know things to do off of that situation. If things don't go to plan, does that kind of make sense? Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of times, you got to kind of coach with that knowledge in the back of your brain going, okay, in the perfect world, nobody ever gets hurt. We never have to change the five, but in the reality is we're going to have to make some changes Yeah. Uh, or, or we're going to, something's going to happen 
whether somebody gets hurt or at the high school collegiate level, you've got the grade issues, um, you know, in course of at every level, you hope you hope that there's never any off the field disciplinary issues that result in, in stuff, but that's just the nature of it and, and such. So how do you approach that side of the coaching thing? And I know you've touched on it just a little bit there, but you know, for me as a defensive line coach, I feel like it's significantly easier for me to coach my guys in different spots. And we talk about, um, you know, your alignment doesn't change your assignment. So I don't care if on this front with this stunt, you line up in a strong shade, a three, a five, a six, whatever. If you're supposed to two gap weak, you're two gap and weak. It's just yes. that that second gap becomes stronger weak, A, B, C, or D. I don't give a damn where you line up. Offensive yeah. line wise, you know, especially if let's say you're running half slide, half man protection stuff, or you know, your influence on the play side uh, and your hinge on the backside. So, you know, how do you coach those things um, to to have Swiss Army knives? at your disposal in practice or, or in the summertime? I think, you know, you got, you got to wrap it. You know, you got to expose them to those potential things in practice. You know, that's what practice is for, for making mistakes, right. And seeing things for the first time. And, and then, and then when we get into a game or competition, we're able to recall those things and, and we've truly learned about them. Um, I think another thing too, is that when I'm initially teaching them in the spring and the summer, or even in the off season during workouts, I'll try to cross train guys left and right, right? So they can they can get used to playing tackle left and right tackle or left and right guard, or vice versa, tackle and guard, and then guards and centers, you know, trying to have as many people that can snap a football well as possible, right? If you you know, if sometimes like I've had seasons where I've been down to my third center and had had to have a guy, you know, who had to take a backup linebacker that played offensive line and pop warner and put him at center you know, at week eight because I didn't have any more centers, but, you know, I knew I could trust him because I knew he cared. He's a smart kid and he's snapped before. So I can, I can figure everything else out. I can make his life as easy as possible because those other guys around him know how to know how to do everything. It's not just, well, I know how to play left guard only. And then he put me on the right side and I'm like, well, what's this? You know, like, you know, all, every, all of a sudden everything's in Chinese, you know, and they, they don't, they look at you like you've never seen you before in their lives, you know? Um, so I think cross training guys early on as much as possible helps out. And then uh, kind of just, again, throwing things at them, you know, that they may never even see just moving guys around. Um, I'm a big believer in kind of using repetition without repetition, as far as when I'm doing drills and stuff like that, um, trying to change things up every single time, even if it's just a double team drill, you know, two on two, a defense lineman, a linebacker, like you said, moving that defensive lineman around in the shade every single play, moving that linebacker either up, forward, or backwards, side to side, you know, changing what he does if he's a fast, scrape guy, if he's kind of slow playing things, um, changing people, right? Rotating different guys in and out affects that because some guys are faster than others, some guys are stronger than others, bigger or smaller. That all affects how you play things. Um, so then like if we're coming to pass protection slide again, you know, in season, if I know that, I know that, you know, you're sending in a specific guy because you like to run D line stunts with that specific guy because he's a faster, quicker guy, then, Hey, all right. Hey, he's coming in. All right. I'm yelling from the sideline. Hey, you know, stunts, be ready for stunts, you know, 87 is in the ball game or whatever. Right. And we're prepping that in practice as well with scout defense and watching film and just being aware, you know, um, but just trying to pick up different things. Like one year had this exact, exact scenario where they would put in a quick guy at, at the one technique and they would stunt him around, you know, two gap, have him do a big looper. He's an athletic guy. We well, also had bright yellow fucking cleats. So <laughs> every time he'd come on the field, you see these banana shoes, you know, sprinting out on the field and they go, okay, here we go. They're, this is their package, right? They're going to do some weird, funky stuff out of this because now they have this faster guy at the one technique. So let's, and now that changes how we set to people, right? Now that changes our protections. We may not, we may not go, you know, 
uh, more big on big protections. We may go full slide stuff to try and help sort it out, depending on you know what what we're expecting to see. Um, I'm always kind of telling my guys expect something expect something to change, right? And then we can adjust to things just staying static, right? If I, I'm expecting this three technique to cross my face, what do I do if he crosses my face, right? And then when he doesn't. Then I don't have to worry about it. Okay, well, I just own my angle. Here we go. You know, so there's a lot of like in season, I'm really not doing much physical stuff during Indo. There's just a lot of walking and talking. I'll build the scout defense out in front of us and just go through scenarios and making sure we're all mentally on the same page. Because like when you get into week one and two, I, I know it's a long season, but really at that point, your physical stuff, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to get magically better. And then, you know, magically more athletic from week one to week 10. I mean, it's just, it's, it's not going to happen. You have who you have. You have to make the most about what you have to make the most with who you have. But you can help them learn schemes, right? And learn and be prepared as much as you can. And I think that's a little bit easier to do. So we'll spend more time doing that. And then during the off season, we'll spend more time working on the, the fundamentals and the movements and all that stuff. Um, kind of rattle a little bit but yeah no it was great stuff man i love the point about you know i love the point about uh yellow cleats right i i i'm sure this is obviously it should be known right you're always looking for tendencies on film and whatever and it's easy to spot out but but kids are kids and i'm sure this happens at the pro level too is you you know probably predominantly at the high school level and probably lower level college, you don't always get the greatest quality film, right? Professionals and oh and, no, sure. you know, your, your top level um, collegiate stuff, you're going to get, everybody's getting the same film, right? You're all 22. Mm -hmm. It's going to be filmed, HD cameras, all that good stuff. Yeah. And of course, obviously with, with YouTube and streaming games, uh, it's only gotten kind of easier to get more film. But, you know, in high school and in, in, in probably low level college, you get shitty film. So you can't always make out the numbers. So you go, OK, well, uh, red shoes or, or um, seven wristbands over here. Right. Yeah. There's there's the telltale when that kid's here and he lines up there, and you, you know, or, or, you know, you look at something as simple as the length of a towel. It's a, is it a short one or is it a long one? It's, yeah. you know, is it on his left or right front back? Like. All those little things make a, make a difference in terms of the scouting side of things. Uh, and it works both ways, right? You, you know, you can tell if a defense alignment is, is predominantly coming in as a, as a pass rusher or a run stopper based mm -hmm. on, on when they come in the game and what they do when they're on film. If you don't ever see 61 except for a handful of times and it's third and long, well, you know damn well 61 is a pass rush specialist. So, yeah, you, you like you were talking about, you you tell your guys to expect something to change. And if something doesn't change, hey, live with it. Um, so that kind of, you know, my next question would be. Once you start in season, you know, and you're midway to the towards towards the end before playoffs, you, you've seen a multitude of defenses, um, you know, and, and even if they're running, if you get three teams in a row that are running a three, four or. They're running, you know, some variation of a four down, even front. They're still going to be different week to week, team to team, because you got different people. So, how do you prepare your guys earlier in the year before you start having more film? Before you see, you know, injuries and, and, and those types of things, how do you prepare them for multiple fronts? Um, you know, just especially if you've got. A lot of new guys, obviously with returning guys, it makes life a little easier. But when you've got more new guys to coach up and you know you're going to have to go through a long stretch of multiple front defenses within the same game, you know, how do you kind of approach that? Um, I do that in spring. Like for us, spring ball is is all insults. We have like out in, out in California, we have spring ball in April, starts in late April, early May. And it's about four weeks. So spring ball about two hours a day, and then we get a couple weeks off, and then we go into summer ball for about five weeks, and that's when they do all the seven on seven stuff. And that's more, that's more back to heavier weightlifting, and then doing more. You basically get an hour of individual time each day, which is great for us. 
Um, cause we're not, you know, obviously worried about seven on seven or anything like that. We're not doing any real team stuff at that point until we get into kind of fall camp and stuff like that. When we get the pads on, cause we're not allowed to have pads until, until fall camp starts. Um, so everything else is in shirts and shorts. So when we're installing stuff, I'll install it against a four man front. I'll install it against a three man front and I'll, and this, this again goes down to understanding the scheme, right? If I'm putting in, if I'm putting in a gap scheme, right? So counter, um, uh, counter Y, um, you know, GT power, anything where the front side is down, 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 and we get a kick out block and somebody up in the hole. Well, okay. Well, my, my rule on the front side is down. So if I'm, if we're running, you know, counter to the left and my left tackle is rules down, well, he's, he knows, right? That I've got two pullers. So my first two guys out here, I don't have to worry about. So my first guy in the end man line of scrimmage, which which in his case would be the five technique, and the first guy at the second level, either, either outside of him or even inside, that maybe in, in the box or out of the box, but in that general area, he also doesn't have to worry for because those are my two polar guys. So his rule is down. Okay, well, do I have a guy inside of me as a four-eye? No. Do I have a guy lined up in the gap? No. Do I have a three technique? No. Okay, now I get now, now I go to the next level. Who's my first guy inside at the second level? Which linebacker is it? Right? I'm now down to him. His rule is down. Guard, same thing. Do I get a three technique? Okay, well now if I do, now I have to double team with my tackle, and then we'll work to that second that second level guy. Right? If not, if I don't have a three, do I have a two eye? Right? If I have a two eye, okay, then I'm down solo. Right? And I'm, t- and I'm communicating with my guard and it may change the center or I'm sorry, I'm communicating with the center. The center may want to double team that two eye or if I have a one technique, now I have to double team with the center for sure. Right. Or he, that center may be blocking off to that three technique. If we can, I've had a lot of guys where they can't get there and we've had to alter schemes because of that. But the same rules on the play side always apply. Right. No matter where those guys are lined up, we're down. So it's, it kind of takes, again, it kind of takes the, okay, what is, what is the scheme versus this front? What is the scheme versus this front? What is the scheme versus this front? It's, it's like a puzzle. I'm just putting pieces together. I'm just fitting guys on guys. You know, I just have a rule and it's down on, on, you know, stretch or toss or wide zone type play. I know I need to reach the guy outside of me, right? So if I have a five technique and I'm the left tackle and we're running toss left, He's got to reach that five technique, right? If I have a four eye or an inside gap guy, then I know my guard is going to need help and I may need to combo with that guy. I may not need to combo with that guy because my guard's really good. But that's something that they need to, that tackle and that guard, you need to communicate and figure out. And we'll work on that with double teams. And I'll let those guys basically dictate their own schemes because then it also forces them to take ownership of what they're doing, right? If I'm, I'm going to say, Hey, listen, if you want to double team this, great. If you don't, and we can make this play and we can get this guy up and let that tackle run free by all means do it. I don't care. You know, as long as we're getting to where we need to go, uh, it doesn't matter to me how we do it. Adjust your splits, do what you need to do. Get a little deeper. I don't care. You know, help yourself out and use common sense. That's my, that's my two biggest rules. Basically. If something looks weird, it's probably weird for a reason. Right, something's probably up. Let's let's you know. Let's use our spidey senses here, and and be aware. You know, if if we don't need to double team this guy because he, because he may just be not very good, right? Or we may just you know we may have a better technique than him. Then we don't need to double team him. There's no reason to double team him if we don't need to. Right? I'd rather have two guys go straight to two guys than be a little bit slower on that double team. So, again, rambling a little bit. Sorry, I couldn't do that, but um. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, I don't even know what was the question again. (laughs) (laughs) No, man, we were just talking about cross training. um, Not, well, not cross training, but preparing for multiple defensive defensive fronts. Yeah. 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 So that's basically kind of the the long, long version of it is just going against different fronts and then understanding how can you, you you can rely on the scheme and, and rely on your, your rule to help you figure out where you need to go. And it really just again it takes off takes off the pressure of I need to learn X, Y, and Z defensive fronts and how things fit on a playbook where it's gonna change in real life. 
You know, I'd rather walk my guys through things and then ask them questions and help themselves figure things out on their own. You know? Yeah. No, I'm with you. And, and, you know, a lot of what you're, what you're talking about in terms of using Spidey sense and if it looks weird, it's weird for a reason. That's the same stuff that I'm telling my guys, you know, particularly when it comes to screens or uh, preventing some kind of kickout block, whether it's from the trap yeah. or, or, you know, power counter, if they're not touching you, there's a reason they're not touching yes. you. Like it's yeah. most of the time you're not, it's not because you're good. It's probably because you're an idiot. And so <laughs> let's, let's use your over aggressiveness or let's use your stupidity against you. And hopefully you figure it out when you're looking through your ear hole that, Oh crap, I do need to pay attention. I needed to look down the heel line. Like, you know, you got, you, you talked about earlier, if that, if I expect that three tech to cross my face and he doesn't, well, great job simplified. I, I, I'm either leaving him alone or I'm on him. But yeah. you know, for, for, for us and my guys, if, uh, if he's not being aggressive towards you, you know, something else is coming more than likely aggressive at you. If that guy's, you know, non-aggressive away, that, that's pretty much yeah. what we, we boiled it down. And, and I've got this from our linebackers coach and I'm, I don't know why it took me as long as it did to figure this out. Basically, you're going to either get some form of, of an aggressive block or you're going to get some form of a non-aggressive block. Mm -hmm. and, and that's it. You know, it's just it's pretty damn simple. There's two choices. It's either going to be let's get to work right now or hold on. Something's up. He's moving away from me. I need to be ready for something coming back to me. And that might even be, you know, in just in terms of a retreat for, for pass set. OK, yeah. well. Those hands are going to come to me, but the question is, are my hands striking first or he's striking first? Who's, you know, it's like the first 30 seconds of an MMA match. Like nobody wants to touch each other. They're just going to kind of circle around and figure out Absolutely. Uh, who, who's throwing the first punch and, and how are we attacking this deal? Are we, are we ground and yep. pound or are we, we, you know, going to turn this into a boxing match and neither one of us are boxers. And, and you'll know that, that after that first, this first and second series, when those guys come off the field and you get them all together and you see, you can see it in their faces. They know whether, whether they can beat this guy every single play or whether they're going to be in for a street fight. Right. You, you can see that kind of thousand yard stare. Sometimes they go, Oh fuck. Okay. This guy's good. I, yeah. I, I gotta, I gotta bring my A game, you know, or, or they'll come off the field and they're already smiling and laughing. They go coach, this game's over. Like we're going to win this game. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, any questions? No. See you later. Yeah. And that's and the, and the other nice thing again about, kind of teaching the big picture early on and early on. And then you're seeing a bunch of reps and then you get into games and you may see something funky. And even if they make a mistake right on it, the first time you come up the field and you go, Hey, what happened? And they're already go coach. We got to figure it out. We're good. Like, okay. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? X, Y, Z, right? We, hey, he did this, right? We just need to make sure we're going down, 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 right? We just need to pass this off. We're good. Okay. All right. See you later. Like that's, that's, that's my ideal meeting as a coach coming off the field every series is they've identified stuff they figured it out because they've seen it multiple times before and they know how to fix it right my job shouldn't be to i, I don't want to be the answer man right i want to i want to guide them to th so they can find their own answers so i have five coaches on the field at every at every play you know that's that's my goal every year yeah no and, and that's super critical and I, I think it's it's extremely important at the offensive line position uh, as well as to me, as well as the defensive line position, because the games are won and lost in the trenches. Uh, and, and I don't care what level it is, whoever dominates the line of scrimmage is more than likely going to win win the game. And Absolutely. the games that are, quote unquote, won on a last second Hail Mary or whatever, that wasn't the play that won the game or lost the game. There was something that happened prior to, whether it's the play before, 10 plays before, or two quarters before. Something mm -hmm. happened. Somebody screwed up. That's probably where it was lost. Uh, yeah. You know, or, or it could have just been overconfidence on one side or the other. Like, yeah, you're coming off from the sideline. You know, my D line's going. Oh yeah, we, we we can smoke these guys. We can smoke these guys. Then all of a sudden, you make the halftime adjustments. You come out and they spring you with with midline, or they spring you with with some kind of fold scheme that you hadn't prepped for. And you're like, oh shit, you know, and and that's. That obviously comes like, you know, as you're talking about the need to show them a lot of stuff, like I'm thinking, okay, 
We've got a little bit more time in summer before we get to fall camp. Um, you know, the way in which we operated in Texas at, at my school, we chose not to do the padded spring ball practice um, based on the, the way we interpreted the, the governing body's rules in regards to, you know, potential quarantining for a team if somebody mm-hmm. will pop. And so it just we we thought it was just too risky. Um, yeah. Is it the right move? I don't know. We're going to find out in the fall. Is it the yeah. wrong move? Uh, I don't think it was the wrong thing. I think based on the people that we had and what we needed to accomplish, that was the way in which we needed to to approach it. And I thought for the most part, it worked out great. Um, you know, but ultimately it's going to come down to what happens in the fall based on what we did in the spring, what we've done in the summer and how we handle those first three weeks of camp. Um, you know, because that's to me going to really make or break this season is, this summer in those first three weeks of, of just are you utilizing time effectively or are you just such in a rush that you you're trying to cram months worth of stuff into three weeks and you're just going to shit the bed because these kids heads are swimming before you get to game one. And if game one's with a real real deal last team, whew, you're in for a long yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, it's it, it's all again. It all depends, and it's all varying. I think obviously with this season, it was it's such a unique case, and but then having the next season almost almost right away, I think that's that this season's going to be the real tell as far as I think with injuries and stuff, and to see you know because it's it's a short season. They need time to recover. They need time to rest. They need time to build back up those muscles and and you know be able to protect themselves from just you know the nature of the sport which is just a, just contact you know yeah. no really other sport you know like it where it's getting pushed up front where you're just you're literally making contact every single play right so it's getting those legs back up underneath you and and building your work capacity and stuff like that is is going to be difficult without hopefully having minimal degradation you know as far as technique and stuff like that um but yeah no doubt man so I'm going to switch gears and go go put your trainer hat on. Um, you know, as a D-line coach, when I'm looking at these trainers and these, you know, quote unquote D-line gurus or whatever, so much of what they emphasize is the pass rush, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, great. But there's the other there's the other thing that they do, and that's run the ball. And I and I get yeah. it. It's not fancy. It's, it's not, not sexy. You're not going to get th- thousands of likes doing uh, run fits. But is that not what tends to happen more often than not? Is the ball being run versus the ball being thrown? And I get it. You've got your outlying teams, but I mean, most of the time, as an offensive lineman, do you really want to pass set on a consistent basis, or would you rather just go after somebody? I mean, I, it, it all depends very person to person. I, I think in my case, I love – if I could line up in two tight ends and two fullbacks and a tailback and run the ball all day, I'm, I'm good with that. Like, I'm just – just dominate people, right? I just want to break wills and make people quit. That's There's no better feeling in the world than when you see a D lineman take himself out of, out of the game, right? So you just can't take it. So, yeah, absolutely I want to do that. But, you know, obviously you want to be quote-unquote balanced and stuff, but – like if I'm if I'm coaching my guys, like one of the biggest things is great. Yeah, this pass rush drill one on one, great. The entire world knows we're we're pass rushing, right? And there are, there are good things for one on one drills. I, I think it's even even unpatterned one on one drills as far as the decision making processes and and all that stuff, and you know, kind of uh, making sure that you're always finding a stable platform to work on, right, and all that stuff. Um, and you're obviously at, you know, I'm going to pull my O-line coach flag here. We're at a disadvantage, obviously. But, um, I mean, you know what? Sometimes you are going to be at a disadvantage. But, but, so. you, but you are. And, and those one-on-one drills, most of the time, you're at a disadvantage because that, that guy knows. It's it's like it's like linebackers in seven-on-seven. And, and they yeah, don't throw 12 yards. Yeah. They don't take their steps forward. They know yeah. damn well. There's no – you don't give a shit about the play fake because it's 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 BS – Right, yeah, the running and, and, back and, does a shitty job of selling the the play fake in seven on. So you know he, he wants to run his streak up the middle. Right, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, and it's like, well, then, and that's like what I tell my guys too about, you know, when we're teaching them how to pass it and stuff. Like, like guys, very, very minimal periods of time to, does the entire world know we're going to throw, right? The defense alignment has to convert to a pass run. They have to play run first. You have to, right? Unless it's third and a million, okay? And the entire world knows we're going to throw the ball, which, you know, you, you get into those situations once or twice a game, maybe, right? So, yeah, one-on-one's great, but they have to understand how to convert, and a lot of the times they don't. So if we're if we're creating space off the ball like we should be, right, and we're disrupting their timing of their initial movement, a lot of those times they don't have the time to shift gears in their head and go, oh, it's a pass. Okay, well, I can't, I can't run fit right now. Now I have to convert to a pass where I have to keep my feet moving. Okay, well, where, you know, Where's my alignment? Do I have an edge to work? Do I need to go inside or outside? What kind of move am I going to throw? And a lot of times they just stop, right? They'll just do the dancing bear thing, especially at the high school, high school level, right? So it's, you know, you're tr- always constantly trying to play with their timing and, and force them force them to make decisions as well. Because if they're not ready for it, then you have to slow down. You can't go full speed and make decisions. It's just not possible, right? Your body won't let you do it, right? Even... Even elite running backs, right? Nobody's cutting at 100% max velocity. It just doesn't happen, right? Your body won't let you do it because your body's always trying to keep you safe, right? And try, trying to help you find stability in order to get you where you want to go. So if we can make a defensive lineman think, right, then we've now gained an edge, you know? So it's, I try to tell them not take those things with a grain of salt when they get into camps and stuff and, and, not worry about it. There's always things you can walk away from, right? You can always find a silver lining in something, right? Good or bad or something to work on. But, you know, again, it's like you said, you got to run the ball. <laughs> like they, they have to be ready for the run as well. You can't, you can't hang your hat on being a pass rush specialist all your life. And, you know, you can do as many, you know, Kung Fu drills as you want, but when, when the bag hits back, you got to know what to do, you know? Yeah. It, you know, if I was to be in a position and I'm in a camp setting and I'm the one running those one-on-one drills, because we don't do a lot of one-on-one stuff, even during our summer workouts and shorts and t-shirt, mm-hmm. like we're reviewing scheme, we're working half-line stuff, we're, we're working, trying to find a, a happy medium of of run and pass recognition and, and, and things like that. But on the occasion, because it, you know, there is that sense of why well, I just want to, like you talked about breaking somebody's will. I just want to dominate them, period. Like it's human nature. You want to see who's who's faster, who's bigger, who's stronger. So my thing is, if I'm watching it and the times that I do see these clips posted, I'm looking at the body language of, of, the, of both competitors. The one who quote unquote won, the one who, who quote unquote lost, um, you know, and then if they go again and there's another clip of them again, what is it that they've done? Yeah. Because here's the other, here's the other side from a defensive line standpoint. When you, a lot of times you may get one or two live reps on that deal. So you have no time to set up games. You have no time really to gauge what that kid is good or bad at. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is he heavy on his toes? Is he heavy on his heels? Does he love, uh, you know, lunging at you or is he always going to sit back? Like, just like you talked about, you've got to make all these split second decisions, hopefully at a quick enough speed to look good. But in reality, that's why I think, you know, they get so sloppy is what, what are we going to convert to defensive line wise when, when shit is too difficult to think a yeah. rush or a speed rush? I mean, yeah. that, that's it. And, and, and then. So what does that actually gain you? I don't know. Great. You got better at a bull rush on a potentially on a kid that you should have just beat with speed anyway, or, you know, you, 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 you took advantage of a kid who crossed his feet and you sped around the edge. Okay, great. That's probably what should have happened anyway. You know, on the, on the flip side, you get the offensive line that just, they sling them down to the ground and they're slinging them in the direction of where the, quote unquote quarterback would be I'm like yeah 
dude, throwing people around left and right in the, in the <laughs> guards and other people. And it's yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? Like, that's it. And it's just, I mean, it's, I, I, sh- I should paraphrase that. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to get mad at the kid for doing that unless, unless he's already been told, hey, don't do that. Right. Right. Because that's what they see. Right. That's what they see all these top recruits doing at all these big camps. And they, and they get showered with praise and how they're dominating people. So they're going to do their product, their environment, just like everybody else is, right? They're going to do what they, what they see is the right, is the big thing to do, the highlight thing to do. So they can, they can try and, you know, be on that level. Right. Now, again, if they're coached not to do that and they still do that, then that's a different story. Right. But I'm never going to take one individual kit for a camp and go, uh, the hell with this kid. You know, because they've got 60 adults around them telling them to do the other thing because all they want is a good clip so they can go viral on freaking Twitter and then turn that into another camp where they take, where they steal money from another hundred kids. Right. And it's just turned into this big dog and pony show. Right. It's just worthless. Like some, some of the best one on one sessions I've ever had as a coach is when we literally, it's, oh, hey, we're going to do seven on seven against this other local school. Right. And maybe they'll bring two other local schools and we'll just it'll be just the four offensive line coaches and defense line coaches. And we'll just all get together and run some one on one on ones. And then if somebody gets beat, I can stop the drill. Right. And go, OK, well, what what happened here? You know, hey, D Lyman, what was your thought process? What did why did you do this certain thing? And then I can really break things down and get in the mind. And now we're all learning. Right. Instead of just going, oh, here we go. Here, let's film this rep and go. Oh, well, you won, you lost. Well, that's great. Right. See you later. I'll see you in 30 minutes because I've got 400 other campers that want to get their two reps for the day. Yeah. You know, it's, it's just, it's worthless. And you, and you can come with your own set of rules where, Hey, you know, you know, we, we want you guys to try and not bull rush, right? Because everybody kind of breaks down to a bull rush, right? At the end of the day, we work your move, right? We're here to try and do things and get better and trial and error things. So work your pass rush move, right? We're obviously I'm obviously telling our guys not to hold. And if they do hold, we're going to say, Hey, you're helping, you're holding here. That, that's one rep for that guy. Let's all be honest with each other and get each other better. You know, that's why we're here. We're not here to freaking win a camp and, and win this 10 cent freaking trophy that somebody bought at the local trophy shop so they can take a photo off with you, you know? And it's just, it's pisses me off, man. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just such a, just taking advantage of freaking kids that all they're trying to do is, just be the best versions of themselves and trying to freaking play at the next level and, and do right by their families and stuff. And you're just fucking taking advantage of them, man. Um, Grown ass man, dude. Yeah. It just pisses me off. I'm with you a hundred percent, man. You know, it, it, it shouldn't be about trying to, to make capital gain on these kids who are, like you just said, they're just trying to get better. They're trying to make the best versions of themselves. Um, you know, the, the, and I, and I've told these kids, several times and and everybody's told them and they've heard it and they've seen it. The amount of kids that are going to go play at the collegiate level, whether it's FBS all the way down to, to Juco, you know, um, it's extremely small. It's extremely small percentage, right? Less than probably less than 5%. And then on top of that, it's not that you're just competing with the kids in your school or the kids in your district, or the kids in your state. You're competing with every kid in the nation and the the, the, the little hotbeds across the pond somewhere else where, you know, there's those those things are starting to to pop up. Now, obviously that that European and, and Asian leagues and such, those are those are bigger for like your Olympic sports, basketball, soccer, those types of things. Mm. But on the occasion you know, you get a Bjorn Werner going from Germany to Florida State and doing well. Um, oh, for sure. Oh, you know, so so they exist, and it would behoove coaches to take a peek on the outside. Obviously, it's hard to pass up um, homegrown American products because there's some damn good ones, um, and there's damn good ones that get passed up, and that's an yeah. unfortunate deal. But it's like I tell these kids, it's no different than dating, man. Recruiting is no different than dating. I can make your highlight as beautiful as I want. But yeah. ultimately at the end of the day, it comes down to somebody else saying yes. And yeah. You you gotta wake up the next day and see the real Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, you exactly. can look pretty on date night, you know, in your highlight film, but then then you put on the game film and it's you know, and you 
roll over the next morning and go, oh, what the hell? Yeah. Well, and I was talking with with, with a coach the other day. I was like, coach, I want to make sure when I go to bed at night, I'm going to bed with integrity. I'm never going to sell you a kid that I would not vouch for because that does oh, that does several things. One, it makes me look like an asshole and potentially jeopardizes the future for any kids that I coach or from that school that I'm at to go to your school or go wherever you go. And two, that potentially puts you out of a job because you decided to take my word on a kid that had no business being there. And so, you know, I, I can't the same thing. I tell these kids, you got to be careful about what you're doing because the way you act, what you do affects not just your quote unquote potential money and income, but it affects mine. It affects somebody else's, you know, um, I talked about it the other day on our uh, Iron Speed chat about, you know, using cues in their language. Well, sometimes you just got to talk to them in general in their language. And, you know, kids in high school understand things equating to money because that's their most coveted possession or, yeah. or desired possession is, is money. So if you can get them to understand how the money works in regards to scholarship and effort, Sometimes you see the lights click, sometimes they stay off, but you know, it's at least a form of explanation that I think the majority of them can understand. For sure. You know, like, like where it said earlier, you know, everybody learns differently and everybody, you know, you need, you need to treat each individual as their own individual. You know, not everybody's going to respond to the same way as somebody else. And that's, that's the hard part. And that's what people, you know, don't want to do. They want, they want, they want just the authority figure and, I'm because I, I have coach on my shirt that automatically that means you have to respect me and listen to everything I say and do everything I say without you know asking any questions or asking why we're do, why we're doing things a certain way. You know, it's just like you said, it's you know you have to be able to relate to kids and not everybody has comes from the same background. Not everybody you know is able to learn the same way. Not everybody is able to express themselves the same way. Right? I think I think a lot of a lot of the time you see guys getting in trouble and stuff, it's, you know, they're, they don't have an outlet, you know, to do like, even with football, they may not have an outlet to express themselves, you know, emotionally or, or, you know, mentally, or just to sit down and have a chat with people and, and just talk about their thoughts on everything, you know, because a lot of these guys are freaking smart as shit, but they don't ever get talked to about anything but football, you know, and you never get to actually learn who these kids are, you know, what they like, what they don't like, you know, what what they're scared of you know what what are their motivations you know like what's you know how do they how do they like their parents you know how do you like your teachers you know like what it, what are your goals like what do you want to do in 20 years you know but that that doesn't involve sports you know like just getting to know kids like that and they build you build rapport and, and you build the all coveted you know buy-in that everybody's trying to reach and it's like well how do we get buy-in just build relationships and get to know people, you know, they're more than just a, a number on a journey, you know, or a position, you know, know their name, you know, meet their parents, you know, meet, you know, hang out, you know, tell them to bring their the little brother or sister around practice or workouts and, and hang out and play catch with them after games and shit. Like, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take a whole lot of effort, but it does take effort. You know? Yeah. But, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent, man. It, it's, it's, the the first answer that everybody gives when it comes to creating that buy-in or you know creating that quote-unquote culture is is building those relationships but sometimes you you take that for granted in terms of oh well we're going to build that relationship because we're around each other because i'm their position coach no yeah that, that, that that's the superficial relationship the deep one that you're talking about where you actually know who they are as a person is what makes the difference, you know, and it's not just asking those questions like you talked about or suggesting that they have those, those things happen, you know, a uh, little brother, little sister comes to practice or, or whatnot, but it's following through on those things as well, because I've, I've been around guys that they ask those questions and they, and they seem, it seems to be genuine. Um, but there's, excuse me, there is some kind of missing empathy, uh, to mm. an extent, you know, and there's been so much go on in the last year and a half 
where we could all we could all take some so we could all take a walk to an extent in somebody else's shoes and just get to know who they are as people and just see how much better things would be in general their performance in the classroom going up their yeah. their performance in the weight room their performance on field going getting better because they understand you know it's it's the thing that Nick Saban always says right nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care absolutely regardless of how you feel about Nick Saban that's a damn true statement um, yeah. because at the end of the day I think we all just want to be we all want to be treated as human beings because we are human beings. And, you know, if you look at me less than a human being, well, shit, we're going to have a problem. But if, yeah, we, exactly. if we look or at each I'm other like human beings, less than a human being, you yeah. Know? So well, it's I, like you, you tell somebody they're stupid their whole life, they're going to start thinking they're stupid. You know? Yeah. The other thing that you lead me into a little bit, kind of what I was thinking about as we were talking was like, big one of the big phrases like one of the big you know catch all nobody cares work harder it's like why does it have to be like me against the world mentality for everybody like there's a shit ton of people that care about you like and want you to do well that can motivate you just as much as nobody caring about you right like people want to see you succeed people want to see others succeed that's why underdog stories are the best stories in the world they want to see people succeed right and that yes there are some people that don't want to see people succeed but that's their own that's because of them, right? We don't need to worry about them. Take the people that want to see you succeed. Do that for them, right? Do that for people who couldn't necessarily do it. And, and that should be my big motivation for doing things. Not just, there's there's so much of a, I don't need you mentality, especially with, you know, kind of sports in general and, and kind of just a lot of times men in general as well. And, and young men, especially, you know, it's because we're in a world of social media to where, if you go out on a limb and have an opinion and then your opinion may not be super popular or then you get trashed for it, right? On the internet by thousands of strangers. And now all of a sudden you feel like crap. It's the same thing with, you know, a kid has a crappy rep and a, and a one-on-one at this camp and, and freaking Max Prep posts it. And all of a sudden there's thousands of people shitting on this 15-year-old who probably should have never been in that rep in the first place. And now this kid sees it and all of a sudden he thinks he's freaking worthless. You know, it's just, it's this vicious cycle of, 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 you know, forcing people to think that they're not good enough in order for random strangers to feel better about themselves. And it's like, we don't need that. Like build people up, like don't post those reps. Like post, post reps where guys, where there's a good battle and both people are doing great things or, or post, post some stuff where guys are going out in the community and shit and, and helping stuff where it's not about just on the field stuff. Like, it's just, it can so easily change, but fortunately, like you said, none of that stuff sells, you know, people don't click on the safe battle where both guys, you know, battle it out and they do decently well. And everybody walks off, you know, holding hands at the end, you know, it's just people want to see controversy and they, you know, everybody stops and looks at the car wreck on the freeway, you know, nobody stops and, and looks at, you know, two people, pulled over together chit-chatting right it's like right oh it's just nothing oh we see smoke oh i hope there's a fire you know we're always hoping for shit to get worse it's- right and that's yeah that's the sad part right there man we're hoping for it's- shit to get worse instead of instead of make trying to make it better actively yeah. okay. well brother it's been an amazing opportunity to to finally just have a conversation with you i know we've had a lot of exchange on twitter i always appreciate um all the things that you talk about because you, you're you're a man of of legitimate thought i think that that's definitely come through uh particularly probably within this last five ten minutes but the, over the course of the whole deal is is you're you're an intellectual person you're not just a, a meathead coach um and you have a you haven't seen me lift i'm clearly not a meathead <laughs> <laughs> no man you you uh, obviously this is going to go just audio but uh you know, coach's got a cut off sleeve shirt and he's got the nice, <laughs> nice beard going. Uh, you know, it's a, it looks like a nice hefty wintertime beard, uh, in the summertime, but, but it's thick and full, uh, plus the luxurious locks and, and such, you know? So, so if anybody Stop. were to look at you, they would probably go, he doesn't know shit, but in reality, uh, I don't know, know shit, oh, man, whatever. 
don't undersell. You're one of the smartest people I follow on Twitter. And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's because I'm a dumbass or you're just that much smarter than me. Uh, but probably, I, probably more so call me, but. Oh man. You know, I'm always interested in, in trying to just learn, learn in general. So I appreciate your time, man. If, if people yeah. don't already follow you, you know, what's the best way or, uh, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, and, and also, uh, you know, five is one and helping blow that up a little bit more too. Um, yeah, just, uh, capital T capital B L A Z E R five is one T blazer. Five is one is my Twitter handle. And then the five is one account is, uh, just five is one O line number five, capital A S number one, capital O L. And then if you want to follow Kyle as well, uh, my partner, he's, he is Warhogs, W A R. Excuse me, no burp in there. H O G S five six. Um, give him a follow as well. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Seriously, a lot of fun. Um, I know I went off on tangents and shit a bunch, but I tend to do that when I get excited about things. Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review we are on spotify apple podcast google play podcast wherever you get your podcast fix from ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers peace out have a nice day be the change you want to see in the world <laughs>